Venus and Pisces, I feel like is like, what makes you feel just alive? Like not exhilarated necessarily, but just like makes you feel like the miracle that you are and lets you appreciate just the gorgeousness, the deliciousness, the miracle of this life. And it's so lovely to have her there in the in the most kind of potent, concentrated degree of Pisces. I just think it's the yummiest. Exactly. And so that's why I think this new moon is both beautiful for setting intentions and that darker the moon period is beautiful for releasing. And so you get both. And so if you have, you know, Venus and Pisces is an encouragement, an invitation to slow down and enjoy life and allow yourself to receive. Venus teaches us how to receive love, how to receive abundance, how to receive all the things that we want for ourselves, our desires. You know, Mars teaches us to go out and get it, but Venus is the one that teaches us how to sit back and actually receive it. Welcome to Mind Witchery. I'm your host, Natalie Miller, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friend. We are approaching yet another new lunar cycle, and so I'm here to talk about the upcoming new moon in Pisces and full moon in Virgo, and I'm super excited to get to introduce you to my guest today, who is Ms. Veronica Peretti. Hi, Veronica. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you, Natalie. Thanks for having me. So excited. Okay, so just tell us super quick where you are. What's your deal? I am in the suburbs of New York City. I recently relocated to the suburbs. I was a New York City girl for 17 years, so it's big change. And I am pregnant for the first time. So I am in major life transition. And for all of your listeners who are familiar with astrology, um, this is also what's called a Pluto transit. So I am having a major Pluto transit. Everything is changing and I'm eight months pregnant and I'm, you know, getting ready to give birth and have a baby boy, a fellow Aries. So my husband's in real trouble. And (laughs) While I'm doing that, I'm wrapping up my astrology clients and I'm getting ready for maternity leave. I have been teaching yoga for 15 years, which I had mentioned to you, and I'm still teaching my yoga classes up till the end. But yeah, that's that's what's going on in my world. I love it. And I will tell you that I am right here with you in this forever Pluto moment. So it really feels like it's been happening for a long time. It does. I think many people also know that the United States is having a Pluto moment as well. So yes, if everything feels like it is just constantly shifting under our feet, it's because it is it is, but we're going to get a little peak of the future when we get Pluto into Aquarius, mm-hmm. which will be happening in March. So, you know, hold on. <laughs> hold on. We are getting out of this. Um, we will. We'll get out of it. And we're getting into something else, but we're getting out of, out of this. So, yes. Um, okay. Yay. So your natal moon is in Virgo. And my natal moon is in Pisces. So we are Pisces Virgo people talking about the Pisces Virgo lunations, which I just think is so fun. 
the lunations, like the the kind of lunar cycle, has a new moon with both the sun and the moon in one sign, which in this case is going to be Pisces. And then the full moon has the moon opposite the sun. So the moon is in the sign opposite, which is Virgo. And so what that means is that when we're entering this cycle, we're also, I think, entering kind of a negotiation between those energies. It's like, okay, I'm really going to understand Pisces energy because I'm in a I'm in a cycle that begins with a Pisces new moon, but I'm also going to reckon with the balancing force of Virgo energy over there on the other side. So when you think about this axis, what comes to mind for you or how do you describe it? So I love this axis, not only because I'm a Virgo moon, but because I just think there's something so potent about the Virgo Pisces axis they seem so different, right? Because everyone thinks of Virgo as like organization, structure, editing, grammatical corrections. (laughs) You know, I think of like the ultimate Virgo was the person that takes the red pen to the menu in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And Pisces is the total opposite. We associate Pisces with being the dreamer, with being the person who's stuck in the fantasy, with being the person who is completely untethered to the ground. And by the way, these are stereotypes. I'm not saying that if you're a Pisces or a Virgo, that you are either of these things. I know a lot of messy Virgos and I know a lot of very type A Pisces. So it's... Fastidious is my favorite word. Fastidious. It's totally the perfect Virgo word. So I would say I love this axis because they seem so, so polar opposite, yet they are not. And I think that's what all of the polar opposite sister signs teach us Mm -hmm. is they usually want the same things. They Mm. just go about getting them in very different ways. Mm, I love that idea. They want the same things, but they go about getting them in different ways. And so what would you say we want in this kind of access? What are we looking for? So I always think about the Virgo Pisces energy as devotion. There is devotion to the mundane when you have that Virgo energy. So devotion to the daily practice. And I think of my first spiritual language as yoga. So I always kind of go back to those terms. But if you think about it, like the practice of yoga, if you were in the caves seeking enlightenment, you're showing up to meditate every day. It's really boring. Anyone that has a daily practice of any kind, whether you're a runner or a meditator or, you know, a CrossFitter, whatever it is, you know, whether you're a painter, there are going to be days that it's just mundane and boring. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever read Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield, he talks about waiting for the muse, right? Mm -hmm. And he's a writer and he talks about, luckily the muse shows up at 9.30 a.m. every day when I sit down to my typewriter. Mm -hmm. Like meaning that the actual mundane daily activity of showing up for the practice is the only way you're going to experience that sense of the muse coming to you or the enlightenment or the the connection with spirit, mm-hmm. right? So to me, Virgo is about the commitment, the devotion to the daily practice. Mm-hmm. And through that mundane showing up, that is often quite boring, mm-hmm. you actually get those glimpses of connection to spirit. You get those glimpses of enlightenment. You get those glimpses of being part of something much larger than yourself that is completely intangible and beyond the words that we even have to describe it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And that is Pisces. Mm-hmm. So I always think of it that way. You know, you mm-hmm. have to go to the Virgo to get to the Pisces because mm-hmm. we're just, we're living in an earthbound world and Virgo is an earth sign. We're living in a world of tangible. And so we have to find a way to find the spiritual through the tangible. Mm-hmm. With that said, my favorite way to describe Pisces is the two fish that symbolize Pisces. They're always connected by a string. Mm-hmm. And we see them and we think they're swimming in opposite directions. And they often can be described or symbolized as horizontal, but I like to think of them as vertical, which they are shown in some images. The one fish is swimming toward your highest self, and the other fish is swimming toward your shadow self, the deepest part of you that you probably don't want to look at. <laughs> but they're always connected. Mm-hmm. So with Pisces, we're, we're, we're always diving into the depths and also reaching for the highs. Mm-hmm. And so there's a general feeling of um, wanting to escape because that's intense stuff. And mm-hmm. that's why I think Pisces get, do get a little bit of a bad rap for being mm-hmm. stuck in their dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's so interesting. The metaphor that comes to me, I was a musician in a former life. I used to play, um, I think you probably want to know what I played, right? I, I was a marimbist. I played melodic percussion and I played the marimba. But when you're talking about this, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. So Virgo is like technique. You have to learn your scales. You have to learn your chords. You have to learn your fingerings. All of the like very embodied things that you have to like get into your muscle memory, get into your cells. You have to show up every day and you have to work on the kind of building blocks upon which later you're going to be able to play. And then Pisces is like, okay, now that you've got that, Pisces is where you go way high, way low, deep. It like infuses that extra element, right? And it's sort of like music requires actually both of those things. And so we might, you know, extrapolate that and say, okay, so here we are in life. And so life does require things like, you know, I always think of flossing as a very Virgo thing, right? It's like you have to floss your teeth. You have to show up for your body and for your home. You have to take out the trash. You have to clear the fridge. You have to, if you want to cook something, you have to learn how does an onion brown and not burn? Like you have to be fastidious about it. You got to learn how the, like how the material stuff works. But in order to kind of take that and make an amazing meal or in order to like have health, there is this like extra connection that we sort of need to have, I think. And I think that connection does come through this emotional, intuitive, like what's actually a little bit beyond your body, (laughs) like what's just beyond your body. And it's not like it's separate from your body. It's like your aura or something, right? It's like, that's Pisces. It's like, what's just a little bit beyond. And so, yeah, it's extra, it's extra sensitive. You know, Veronica, there's one more way that I think about Pisces and Virgo. And it's kind of that, that very common metaphor, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. It's like Mm -hmm. Pisces is the forest and Virgo is the trees. Pisces is the ocean and Virgo is, the ocean is made of drops, I love that. That's so, so, so accurate. It's, you know, there is a little anecdote that I remember 
from years ago in yoga teacher training that the consciousness is the ocean, right? But then each of our minds, it's like one of those little waves and we all, and the wave pops up and it's like, hi, Mm -hmm. says hi to the other wave. And then it goes back and it, and it becomes part of the ocean again, Mm -hmm. part of that universal consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the essence of Pisces. Yes. I love it. So in this then, you know, the kind of very basic thing that people say we're learning to negotiate with Virgo and Pisces is like the physical and the spiritual or the earthly and then the like, you know, otherworldly. And I actually like better this idea of sort of saying like, how is it that the mundane and the practical is sacred? And how is it that like the sacred comes through the mundane and the practical because as a Pisces I will say like yes I am kind of floating through this life and at the same time I'm so sensitive to the magic in like a well-constructed spring roll (laughs) like I'm Mm -hmm. so sensitive to you know when the snowdrops come up I can like I can feel the courage in them you know (laughs) so I think Pisces kind of has that ability too to like really like it's not that we're like detached. It's that we're so sensitive. We, we can kind of feel beyond, you know, and you would understand that way better than me. Cause you have that grand trine in water and I have almost no water in my chart, but <laughs> I will say that one of the reasons I think Marie Kondo, Kanmari, which I'm a big, big fan of took off was because if you just go to organize your closet for the sake of organizing your closet, Mm. you are not going to keep that up. But when you go through her whole process, which very few people do, they read the book, they put it aside and they think that's a great idea and I'm not Mm going to do it. (laughs) And there's something about the spiritual energy that she brings to it and the sense of gratitude for your possessions and this idea of does it spark joy, not does it fit me, not do I need it, not am I going to maybe use that one day. Mm -hmm. It's like, does this spark joy? Do I want this to be something that is taking up space and energy in my household? Oh my God. I love that you brought up Marie Kondo. I think (laughs) she's perfect for this axis, right? Because it, it is that. And it's like, do you love it? Does it spark joy? Is it like what you want in this life? Then let me teach you how to fold it, right? It's yeah. like it's like then then care for it, and let me teach you how to care for it, like carefully. Which she's getting a lot of flack right now because she said now that she has three kids, her house isn't as tidy, and everybody is obsessed with that. But she's not saying, "Oh, I don't care about my house." Mm-hmm. She's saying what's most important and what's bringing me the most joy right now is being present with my children. Mm -hmm. So that is what I'm focusing my energy on. Like, by the way, I think Marie Kondo's version of untidy is probably pretty tidy for the average person. 100%. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I don't want to sidestep that kind of criticism of Marie Kondo and like her, her kids and now her less tidy house, which I'm sure we would walk into and be like, this feels like an Airbnb, right? Even still, I'm sure. But I don't want to, I don't want to skip that because I do think, right, there is something, the mutability, this is a mutable axis, Virgo is a mutable earth sign and Pisces is mutable water. And so it's not about find the system that works, period, the end, do it forever. It's like 
cultivate systems that work and adjust them as necessary. Like Virgo is too connected to the reality of life on earth and Pisces is too connected to the reality of like the cosmos <laughs> to, to pretend like it's not always changing. So it's like, yeah, of course Marie Kondo's approach and home would change. She's very sensitive to circumstances and she's got three little beings sparking joy and many other emotions, I'm sure, in her life, right? So of course things are going to change. You know, astrology, because of the world we live in, which wants everything to be a snippet, gets very boiled down to stereotypes. There's so much nuance in the language of astrology. We're talking about a symbolic language, right? So Virgo gets this kind of rigid assumption I'm made about it. But the truth is, it's anything but rigid. Mm-hmm. It is always looking to bring order to the chaos. So remember when she had her Netflix special, and there was the meme going around, I love mess, she like opens the door, she says, I love mess. Mm-hmm. She, the, the joy of Virgo is taking the mess and making it make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not about I'm so rigid that you have to keep this order all the time. It's I find joy in making something make sense. Yeah, in creating order. Yes, for sure. All right, well, let's dive into these specific moons because they're yeah. they're very exciting. When I was looking at the charts, I was very excited about them. So on February 20th, which is a moon day, the new moon is on Monday, which is the day of the moon. Very exciting. We have the new moon in Pisces. Mm-hmm. And the new moon in Pisces is happening at the very first degree of Pisces. So the sun and the moon are conjoined right at the beginning of Pisces. And that's happening for a lot of our new moons here at the beginning of 2023 is like the new moon is happening at the very beginning of the sign. And it just feels extra fresh and potent. It's like you'll really feel the shift into a different vibe into a different cycle. So um, so what stood out to you when you were looking at this moon, Veronica? What stood out to you right away? So what's really interesting to me about both these lunations is they're the last two that we're going to have with Saturn in Aquarius. Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. If you believe that the zodiac zodiacal year begins with the spring equinox when the sun enters Aries, then this is the end of our year. And so To me, there's such a sense of promise and also such an opportunity for release with this with these lunations. Mm -hmm. And I do think that this is a potent new moon for setting some intentions, but I think it's an even more potent time for doing some release work in the dark of the moon, the days before the new moon. So the Mm -hmm. day before the new moon, we will have the moon conjoin Saturn at 28 degrees Pisces. That's about 9 p.m. Eastern. And then early in the morning, we'll have the new moon at one degree Pisces. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's an incredible opportunity for those last couple of days before the new moon to do some serious, serious release work around whatever has been giving you like a sense of staleness, whatever feels stuck, whatever feels like it's restricting you, whatever limitations are coming up. 
really beautiful opportunity for releasing that before Mm -hmm. we go into this new cycle. Mm -hmm. And that's always the most potent time to release is right before the new moon, in my opinion. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So perfect. It's on the weekend. So so you can make a little bit of time maybe this weekend on the 18th, the 19th to do a little bit of that releasing. And in terms of what to release, because this new moon is in Pisces, And because Saturn is in Aquarius and Saturn's at home in Aquarius and Saturn is kind of its most inclusive self in Aquarius, right? In Aquarius, Saturn is kind of like the United Nations. Saturn is like, you know what? We can all be together in the same room and we can all be kind of working it out, right? But you can feel somewhere in your body, in your soul. It's like, actually, do do this, my friend, as you're listening to me, to me ask this question. What are you done with? That first thing that comes to mind, and it may be that it comes to mind and you're like, oh, shit, I don't know if I'm ready to be done with that. But it's like that intuitively felt thing that doesn't belong anymore for you. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel aligned. It doesn't feel good. You've kind of known it for a while. That's the thing that's got to go. What do you think, Veronica? I agree. I think Pisces is so much about what we're feeling on an energetic level. It doesn't necessarily have to come from a place of logic. It doesn't have to come from a place of pragmatism. Mm -hmm. Um, So I agree 100%. I also think that it's a really potent time to release because Saturn has been in his home sign for six years, Capricorn, then Aquarius. Mm -hmm. So particularly anything that's been really feeling heavy for the past three or even six years, it's going to be one of those opportunities where you really get a good shedding. We, you, me, all of us, we have pretty dramatically restructured something over the last six years. Over the last six years, something has restructured and there's one more demolition. <laughs> there's like one more there's like one more thing that doesn't belong in in what you're living next. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that this is going to be an incredible pair of lunations for healing. Mm. because of course Pisces is associated with healing and Virgo is associated with the physical body and healing in the physical body. Both of them are really interested in diving into the depths of working with whatever's going on underneath the surface that might not be totally tangible to you, that might not be totally present. Mm-hmm. So I think there is an opportunity to see some things that you maybe didn't see clearly before, especially because we also have all the planets direct now. Mm -hmm. We went through that epic Mars retrograde. Mm -hmm. We went through a pretty intense Mercury retrograde. Um, Now everything is direct. I mean, Mars is still in his shadow, but he's picking up speed. So we're, we're starting to get clarity. And I know from all of my clients that are coming in for readings now, they're like, am I going to get clarity? Am I going to feel clear? And I'm like, it's coming, you know, Mm -hmm. March is going to be a huge shift. Mm -hmm. And you're going to look back at this time and say, God, so much has changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think the clarity 
you can feel it right now if you're courageous to feel it. (laughs) If it's like you kind of know what's got to go or what's next, it's just a matter of like being willing to feel that and then start to release whatever's in the way of that and kind of move more in that direction. So we're talking a lot about the dark of the moon, the time before the new moon, Mm -hmm. but actually once the new moon arrives, it's also an incredibly potent time for setting those intentions. And with this new moon, especially with it being in Pisces, you do have to trust how you're feeling about it Mm -hmm. and not necessarily get bogged down in what the actions are to get there Mm -hmm. because those will become more apparent, particularly Mm -hmm. when Saturn moves into Pisces Mm -hmm. in March. Mm. Yeah, Saturn will be practically on the equinox. So practically on the astrological new year, Saturn is hitting the point of this new moon. So this really is like plant the seeds and then Saturn's going to come along and be like, all right, let's make this shit grow. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Because Saturn brings structure to whatever he touches. Mm -hmm. And Saturn and Pisces, I'm actually really excited about because I think a lot of the things that feel boundless or out of control are going to get a little bit of containment Mm -hmm. with Saturn. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm optimistic about Saturn and Pisces for the next three years. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to mention that with this new moon, so once you get to the 20th, you're going to want to set intentions. So the, the releasing portion will be like those few days before. But once we get to the 20th um, and we're in the new moon phase, mm-hmm. um, we're going to have Mercury in Aquarius where he's powerful and happy mm-hmm. and he wants to make things happen. Mm-hmm. We have Venus in Pisces. She's going to be at 29 degrees for this new moon. Mm-hmm. Um, Venus is exalted in Pisces. So she's at her most powerful. Mm-hmm. Venus in Pisces is like, go to the museum, take a long stroll, enjoy a slow cappuccino and Mm. listen to some beautiful music, go to the symphony, go to the ballet, go to any place that brings you a sense of inspiration. Yeah. And Venus is in Pisces. Venus in Pisces, I feel like is like, what makes you feel just alive? Like not exhilarated necessarily, but just like makes you feel like the miracle that you are and lets you appreciate just the gorgeousness, the deliciousness, the miracle of this life. And it's so lovely to have her there in the in the most kind of potent, concentrated degree of Pisces. I just think it's the yummiest. Exactly. And so that's why I think this new moon is both beautiful for setting intentions and that dark of the moon period is beautiful for releasing. And so you get both. And so if you have, you know, Venus and Pisces is in encouragement, an invitation to slow down and enjoy life and allow yourself to receive. Venus teaches us how to receive love, how to receive abundance, how to receive all the things that we want for ourselves, our desires. You know, Mars teaches us to go out and get it, but Venus is the one that teaches us how to sit back and actually receive it. Mm. And so having her at 29 degrees Pisces, where she is incredibly powerful, Mm-hmm. and incredibly happy. And I always say we like happy planets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is going to help you be really clear about what is it that you're setting yourself up to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, this Mercury trine Mars, it's a little bit loose, the trine, but like mm-hmm. the Mercury is coming up on this trine with Mars. And it's interesting because 
this lunation is just so alive, right? We have this balmy, luxurious kind of Venus and Pisces, but we've also got like Jupiter in Aries, and then we've got Mercury trine Mars in Aquarius and um, Gemini, respectively, that have a little bit of like get up and go. Like there's a little sparkliness, a little bit of spark, a little bit of like, gosh, especially coming out of the slog of all of those retrogrades. Like, do you remember how at the end of 2022, everyone was just like, can we just call 2022? It's like November. And everyone's like, could we be done with 2022 now? And then December and January were just this, I don't even know what that was. (laughs) that we like. What even happened? We just went day through day. And it's like coming out of that. Now there is this kind of snowdrop coming through the frozen earth that's like, remember, like life is lifey. <laughs> life is alive. Yeah. And those are the two planets that were causing a lot of that slowdown. You know, we've had Mars in Gemini since uh, October. Like it's crazy. And so the Gemini part of your chart has been under construction. And so now we're finally starting to clean up the mess and build something new Mm -hmm. in that part of your life. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to finally get a little hope that we're going to get to the other side. Because on March 26, which is my solar return, we're going to have Mars move into Cancer finally. And trust me, Mars and Cancer is not something that like anyone is celebrating normally, but we're all like, yes, mm-hmm. Mars, get out of Gemini, mm-hmm. <laughs> leave yeah. that part of my life alone. So it definitely feels like we're now starting to feel that seed of hope again, mm-hmm. that we're going to get to the other side and we're going to start to feel a little bit more alive, like you said, because there's just been such a, a slog energy, such a stuck energy. So how do you like these for questions, Veronica? The first one, um, I love that you pointed to using the dark moon. So those those days when it's just that last little teensy-weensy crescent is left of the moon to release. And so what no longer sparks joy for you? And then how can you begin to release it? And again, that's not really a strategic question. It's just more kind of like, Mm, this thing that no longer sparks joy, like, why are you holding on to it, basically? Like, what are you afraid of? Why is it still here? You just start to kind of go, mm, okay, that's why it's still here. That's how you can begin to release it, just by shining your light of awareness internally on what it is that's holding it close to you. So that's, what do you think of that for a question for the dark of the moon? Yeah, 100%. I love that because... Mm-hmm. Saturn likes to hold on and he's at that lot, those last degrees of Aquarius. He's, he's resistant to change Mm -hmm. and he's about to get a big change. He's about to go into Pisces. So Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, you've been gripping, it's time to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And then for the new moon, maybe something um, around this Venus balm is what reminds you of how delicious life is and where is it easy to receive that, right? Because this really is not about like working hard to love life. It's like, you know what I really fucking love? This one television show and my favorite Nespresso. (laughs) That's what I love. Cool. Do that. Like just luxuriate in whatever it is that's luxurious to you. How does that feel to you? I love that. Yeah. I think 
Venus and Pisces loves to luxuriate. And Mm -hmm. I also think Venus and Pisces, we often find that music or poetry or art helps us kind of open up Mm -hmm. those parts of ourselves. Yes. So that's something to lean into during that time. You know, that TV show that makes you cry. Like if you Mm -hmm. haven't watched This Is Us, like great Venus and Pisces show. (laughs) (laughs) Very Venus and Pisces show. So is Queen Sugar, super Venus and Pisces. Oh my gosh, my husband and I used to love that. I think we, we haven't watched the last season yet, but anything that kind of helps you access those emotions is going Mm -hmm. to help open you up in that way. It could be like, you know, your favorite band from high school, you listen to it while you're in the car, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. And then finally for this kind of like this little bit of spark in there, the little, you know, Jupiter's in Aries and the the boys, Mercury and Mars, are like direct in air signs and trining one another. That's this kind of like what feels sparkly and alive? Where are those little sparks of interest? What are you curious about? Like what have you been meaning to kind of look into? There's magic in that place. There's magic in that place. And so, again, it doesn't have to make sense. I love that you made that point about Pisces is not about strategic strategy or logical sense. Pisces is about let's feel our way forward. And so whatever feels alive for you right now, whatever you're curious about right now, there is deep magic there. So go look. So let's talk also about this Virgo full moon that is happening in early March. So on March 7th, the moon is full in Virgo. This lunation is fascinating. So what stands out to you about about this one, this full moon in Virgo? So similarly, the last lunation that we have Saturn in Aquarius. So if you didn't release before that new moon, you're going to get another opportunity. But we've got Saturn at 29 degrees and we've got Pluto at 29 degrees Capricorn. So there is a real sense of endings before we enter the astrological new year, which begins with the spring equinox when the sun enters Aries, as I mentioned earlier. But what I also find really interesting about this particular full moon is that in this chart, we have just a few days before. So the full moon is on March 7th. It is actually the day that Saturn moves into Pisces. It's just a few hours earlier. And then a few days prior to that, on March 3rd, we have a Venus-Jupiter conjunction with Chiron. So Chiron is the wounded healer of the Zodiac. Venus, we talked about, she teaches us how to receive. And Jupiter wants us to expand in all ways, spiritually, emotionally, physically. When you get mm-hmm. Jupiter through your first house, you usually, usually gain weight. Um, it just likes you to expand in all ways. Jupiter came to Aries and I got pregnant. So (laughs) there you go. Jupiter likes expansion. So that conjunction is so juicy. That conjunction is so potent. It's an Aries. There's something about like a fresh start with that conjunction. Mm -hmm. But it's also an incredible opportunity for healing because of the three planets involved. Yeah. So I think that this, as I said earlier, Pisces and Virgo are both driven to discover a sense of connection to something bigger than themselves, Mm -hmm. to feeling a sense of wholeness. Mm -hmm. And this is an incredible opportunity for healing on March 3rd with that conjunction. 
that's going to take us into the full moon. Mm-hmm. And then that full moon is going to be like this last, those last hours before Saturn enters Pisces and says goodbye to Aquarius mm-hmm. for almost 30 years. Yeah. So I think there's something really um, pinnacle about it. Like mm-hmm. we're reaching the peak. We're letting something go. We're welcoming something in. We're finding a sense of ease and wholeness and feeling of just contentment with that Jupiter Venus conjunction. You know, I think the Venus Jupiter Chiron conjunction is like part accepting what is Mm -hmm. and part finding contentment with how far you've come on that healing journey. Yeah. And with the moon in Virgo, there's a tending to it also, right? It's like, I'm welcoming it in. Like Venus is always welcoming. Venus is wants to connect. So mm-hmm. Venus is sort of like, okay, okay, wounded part, you know, maybe formerly thought of as broken part. Come on in, come sit with us. We're going to talk to you. We're going to love you. And with the moon in Virgo, there's a tending to that also, right? That like, it's really time for a radical, like to the root acceptance of and loving of this part. And with, you know, with that conjunction happening in Aries too, I just think about this might be someplace that you are different. This might be someplace that you are very individual. You might kind of feel alone or apart. This is just an intuitive sense I'm getting, Veronica, but like, there might be something about this place for of healing that like you feel like is separate, makes separates you. And part of the healing and wholeness in this moment is realizing that like, no, it doesn't separate you. It actually connects you even more. Like you're even more connected because of whatever this thing is. And as you heal it, you'll see how that's true. I love that. Yeah. This Saturn kind of I mean, really, like Saturn is on the doorstep of this of this full moon. Saturn is on the doorstep, like, hello, knock, knock, like has rung the bell already. So um, this is a pretty dramatic shift for our friend Saturn to go from being ruler of Aquarius, very strong, having been running the show basically for six years into Pisces where, yes, I agree with you, Saturn is going to bring a little bit of containment, but also, I mean, Saturn's walking into this room going, fuck, (laughs) there's there's a lot to contain. Yeah. You know, he's been the king for six years. So Mm -hmm. we have a thing in astrology where the planets kind of report into each other, depending Mm -hmm. on where they are in the sky. Mm -hmm. And when a planet is in its home sign, it is the manager of a lot of other planets yeah. a lot of the time. Not mm-hmm. all the time, but a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So he's been, you know, he's been at the head of the table for a lot of the last six years. Mm-hmm. And now he's not going to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be very interesting. Although I have to say, I don't know that, <laughs> that Saturn being at the head of the table has been that good to us. <laughs> So uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for the shift for sure. Yeah. But I think that it will be interesting. And I think that the fact that these two lunations are in Pisces season, which is our last season of the astrological year, Mm -hmm. and we 
have Saturn stubbornly sitting at those last degrees of Aquarius, Mm -hmm. it is sort of a real potent feeling of we're wrapping something up. Yeah. We're closing out this chapter and we're moving into something new. And I think with astrology, there's always, there's never black and white. It's always gray. There's always endings and beginnings happening simultaneously. It's never new moon, I start, full moon, I end. Like It's never like that. Some full moons feel like new moons. Some new moons feel like full moons. There's always so many cycles going on Mm -hmm. that it's never so clear cut. And this is one of those full moons that it's so clear that we're simultaneously celebrating an ending and celebrating a beginning. Yeah. Or maybe even in the spirit of Virgo and Pisces, it's so clear that every ending is a beginning and every Mm -hmm. beginning is an ending. That is just how this shit works. Like you don't get one without the other. And I know you're a yoga. I, I also taught the yoga for a long time. It's like the idea of like creation comes from destruction, Shiva, right? It's like destructive energy is what fuels creative energy. That is how this works. Much as capitalism would love to pretend that you can just create and create and create and accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. It's like, nope, there's always a cost. Something has to be destroyed. Always. So I was thinking as you were like, you know, having Saturn at the head of the table has not been that great. It has been an enormous reality check. And it almost feels like with Saturn moving into Pisces, we get a more expansive reality check, meaning not how we think of it. Reality check is just sort of like, um, here's the deal. But Saturn and Pisces, I'm wondering if we can get a little bit of, okay, we all have to remember that we are stardust. Okay, we all have to remember that we are on a ball of water and rock that is spinning and orbiting a star. It's like the larger reality is what we have not been reckoning with. We've been reckoning with like the world burning down. (laughs) We've been reckoning with the consequences of so much of our exploitative globalized culture. It's just been reckoning after reckoning after reckoning after reckoning. and. With Saturn moving into Pisces, I wonder if there is now that kind of reality check gets to shift into this other realm of like, let's remember who we are. Let's remember that we are actually creative and imaginative beings. So with this full moon, I totally see like an illumination of that. Like, ooh, in case we have maybe like put our dreams off to the side while we have been dealing with the reckoning of the world. It's like they're still there and they're real and Saturn can help make them real. A hundred percent. I totally agree. You know, it's interesting. So I'm pregnant, as I mentioned, and I was just sharing with someone the other day, I went through like the diagnostics of fertility. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, didn't need to go through any interventions, but Long story short, when I was having those conversations with the fertility doctor, everything was so, it was like a math equation. It's like we're punching in the numbers and this is what, this is your chance of getting pregnant. And I said, we ended up getting pregnant 
the old fashioned way, um, <laughs> which I was told I had to go straight to IVF because of my numbers. Wow. And I did some intention setting around that Leo new moon last summer. Mm -hmm. And right after it, I found out I was pregnant and they're not leaving any space for the miracle of life. And Saturn in his home sign of Capricorn and Aquarius, he's so great at the science. He's so great at um, finding ways to help move society forward. Saturn and Aquarius is very much about building things for the long term. We have had so much happen in the realm of vaccines during Saturn Aquarius, not just because of COVID, like lots of things. You know, the mRNA technology is now going to be used for lots of things. There's been huge progressive leaps forward in terms of the climate, you know, whether or not it's enough is another conversation, electric cars, like so many things, right? There's so many things that Saturn can like get in a laboratory and do when he's in Aquarius. Mm -hmm. But are we leaving space for the magic? Are we leaving space for the miracle of life? Are we leaving space for like the stuff that we just don't understand? Yeah. And Saturn in Pisces is going to give us an opportunity to step back and say, maybe I don't have all the information and maybe I never will. Maybe I have to just trust and have faith. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep my side of the street clean and I'm going to let the universe keep her side of the street clean. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to meet in the middle, you know? And so I think that's what Saturn and Pisces is hopefully going to help us do. Um, because Pisces is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter teaches us about faith, having faith, having belief, yeah. not only in the great unknown, but also in ourselves. I love that. And I think, you know, coming back as Virgo would appreciate, coming back full circle to um, the beginning of our conversation about tending and about the mundane. I think there's something in this lunation that is saying, okay, what is your faith and trust conduit? Like Saturn can help shore up the banks of that river a little bit, but we'll have to give it our tending. We'll have to tend it, right? So is it journaling? Is it coaching? Is it time in nature? Wherever it is that you get to connect with faith and trust and that bigger picture, Saturn just at the doorstep of Pisces in this full moon, the invitation is like, okay, what does that look like in practice? Like, what's the practice that you can cultivate that you, where you can tend, you can show up for that again and again so that it becomes more real? I think there's something about that. So that would be one question for this lunation. And then I was thinking, Veronica, see what you think, but like, where am I ready to heal? just simple because of that healing influence like and i think it's it's somewhere you've been healing it's just it's ready for like this next infusion of support what would you add to that question about healing i would say where can you accept that you're already whole mm, even better because I think that Jupiter-Venus-Chiron conjunction is like, it's in Aries. Aries mm -hmm. is like, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Like, deal with it. <laughs> I'm with here. It. I am what I am. I'm not apologizing for it. You know, 
Chiron is in Aries for a long time because Chiron has a very weird path around the sun. So he spends a very long time in Aries. He spends a long time in some signs and not so long in other signs, but he's in Aries for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And to me, Chiron in Aries is teaching us to be okay with who we are. Yeah. So it's sort of the help of Venus and Jupiter joining him is like a reminder, like, it's okay. This is who I am. Like, I am already whole. I don't have to do anything to prove that I'm worthy or valuable. Like, yeah. I am just because I am. Yeah. Just because I'm here. Like, you got, you know, one, like, what is it? Like, one in a trillion chance to be a human being on this planet, to go through this evolutionary experience. Mm -hmm. Like, it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So there's a sense of acceptance um, with that conjunction, I think, I hope. I love it. I think that's beautiful. And that does circle back to what I was saying about like that thing that you think makes you different actually is what connects you the most fully, right? It's that thing that you think sets you apart, that wound, that difference, that scar is key to your humanity and key to your like sort of actually belonging, right? I just love that. And then one more question would be like, what is key to wholeness and wellness for you? And how can you invest in that more? What does it look like to invest in that more, right? And so invest, I don't just mean money. I mean time. I mean attention. I mean appreciation and prioritization. Ah, oh, so good. So Veronica, you and I both have ways that we help people to work with these lunations. So tell the good folks um, about Online Yoga Club and how that works. Yeah. So Online Yoga Club will continue even when I am on mat leave. I have some wonderful guest teachers for a couple of months, but I'll be back soon. I'll be teaching it until I go. So you can join us. Um, you can just go head to my website. It's veronicaparetti.com, two R's, two T's in my last name. And so if you want to come join me for yoga every week, I teach my yoga classes in collaboration with the sun season. So right now it's Aquarius season. We're working with the nervous system. We're working with the calves. We're working with things that have to do in your world by Aquarius. Um, and then Pisces season, we'll be working with Pisces energy. We always do a lot of meditation and a lot of restorative and some heart opening during Pisces season because it always feels like we need that right before the beginning of the zodiacal new year. Also, I do a new moon and a full moon restorative ritual each month. So when you come to those restorative yoga classes, all you have to do is be able to lie down. You do not have to be able to do any sun salutations. You don't have to do a down dog. You don't have to do anything like that. If you can lie down on the floor or on your bed, you're good to go. And after we go through the restorative poses, I walk you through the lunation. We talk about the lunation, very similar to what we did here today. And then we do a writing exercise, just like you were inviting people to do. And I lead you through a writing exercise to help reflect and set intentions around the lunation um, and a guided meditation to seal it in. And that is like my new moon, full moon ritual, which is really my own personal ritual that I just decided to start sharing with other people. 
Oh, that's so cool. Yes. So actually, the way I support people with lunations is the same. It's my own personal ritual. So I have my planner, or really, it's an anti-planner, everybody, because it's much less about planning than it is about living present in the power of the present moment. But um, at the back of Time Witchery, there are places for you to journal on your new and full moons. And then, of course, Time Witchery itself is built so that you aren't just having these lovely journaling exercises and then like waking up in the morning and slogging through your life. Time Witchery is built so that you can really kind of take what it is that you are evolving in yourself and what it is that you're growing and incorporate it into your everyday life. So I would say these two things are very complementary, actually. Veronica's amazing online yoga club and then my amazing time witchery. So you can check those out. There's links to all of that in our show notes. Um, Veronica, thank you so much for being with me today. Enjoy the last little bit of your pregnancy. I loved it personally. So um, I, I hope that it's joyful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy to be here. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. All right. Happy new moon to all of you. May you find this Pisces and Virgo energy, which is asking us to tend to the wholeness, which is asking us to recognize that there is magic everywhere. Big picture, little picture, forest, trees, oceans, droplets. That's what we get to remember in this moment. So I hope that that remembrance really comes through for all of you. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Witchery. To catch all the magic I'm offering, please subscribe to the show. Or if you want a little bit of weekly witchiness in your inbox, sign up for my Sunday letter at mindwitchery.com. If today's episode made you think of a friend or loved one, your sister, your neighbor, please tell them about it. We need more magic makers in this troubled world. Like all good things, this podcast is co-created by stellar people. Our music is by fabulous DJ, artist, and producer, Shammy D. Our gorgeous art is by the Sorcerers at New Moon Creative. Mind Witchery is produced in conjunction with Particulate Media, K.O. Myers, executive producer. And I am Natalie Miller. Till next time.